Intimacy today is about vulnerability. The level to which we protect ourselves from being vulnerable is a measure of our fear and disconnection. Sharing vulnerability, we feel close to other people. But if we share indiscriminately, it has the opposite effect. Our only choice is a question of engagement. There is a national shortage of ADHD drugs, which is totally unethical and bullshit. I don't think my brain is working in the way that it normally is. The brain is this kind of fleshy sponge of electrical impulses, and that's probably a very reductionist way of seeing it. But it's sometimes important to remember that. So if you ask me how I'm doing, not well, bitch, is definitely my answer. And is also the catchphrase of one of the Real Housewives that I'm going to be talking about today. I'll tell you how I'm doing. Not well, bitch. This week was the Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Season 4 is the New York Legacy. I was thinking of maybe doing some sort of analysis of each of their different communication styles. I think that would be something quite unique and interesting. Tell me if you think I should do that. You have to be open and honest. Just be honest. You're looking too fast. That's who I am. You're not being honest. Everybody wants me to be open. open. No one else is speaking up. Open and honest with Amraj Lolly. On the roster for today, why vulnerability is the key to connection. And finally, one common myth about vulnerability that can get you into sticky and dangerous situations, which I learned over the last year and a half and has really changed my life. The topic we're talking about today really gets at some of the core concepts connected to relational psychology because it's about vulnerability. As Esther Perel puts it, our definition of intimacy today in the West, for sure, is about sharing feelings. We connect vulnerability with intimacy. We connect it with the sharing of our fears, wishes, aspirations, insecurities to caring, me listening and validating. So I think it's actually probably worth defining vulnerability a bit here. Vulnerability could be seen as when someone willingly takes the risk to reveal their weaknesses. But vulnerability isn't a weakness. Brene Brown has done a lot of work on this aspect of vulnerability. Vulnerability is not weakness. Everything I've learned from over a decade of research on vulnerability has taught me this exact lesson. With the courage and the willingness to engage, we dare to show up and let ourselves be seen. This is vulnerability. Some people say that they don't do vulnerability. They're very guarded. And this might be the opposite of that kind of real housewives figure who is known for sharing and letting all hang out. But Brene Brown actually clarifies that the uncertainty, risk and emotional exposure that we face every day are not optional. Vulnerability is the driving force of connection. So let's get started. We are looking at The Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Season 4, Episode 1. So we are in St. Bart's, which is apparently an overseas collectivity of France in the Caribbean. Bluest of the blue skies, grainy sandy beach... And I'm closing my eyes as we're talking about it, just trying to imagine that kind of relaxing glow of the heat on your skin. 
feel like this is becoming an ASMR podcast. I just wanted to set the scene. Kelly is getting ready. She's wearing this pink embroidered summery outfit and is strapping up her shoes. And Dorinda has come in to have a chat with her. We just got here. We had a really long day. You know what's been weird is that I wanted to like, oh, be careful of Dorinda. She's going to be so mean to you. Dorinda has a really fiery personality. And we've also got Kelly Kaloran Benson. I think Kelly can be difficult to watch at times. And I think she seems quite easily distressed in a lot of moments. I wanted to like, be careful of Dorinda. It's like, I've known her a long time. And like, we hang out. Listen, I... You're outspoken in your fight. No, I tell like, if you shake my hand, I shake it back. I think this really speaks to probably why I was first interested in The Real Housewives. I saw a lot of my own traits reflected in these really outspoken, powerful women. So, Dorinda, Kelly's literally telling her, some people have warned me about you. And actually, you seem to be quite different. I wanted to like, be careful, Dorinda. I don't know who the people are. This cat's powerful. Dorinda actually seems quite pleased that she has this reputation of being a bit feared. I actually remember talking to some friends in the party and someone was like, I'm a bit scared of you or something. And I was like, oh yeah, you should be. It's powerful in a way that I have that much might in the world. It's like I'm like almighty ISIS, I guess. In emergency situations, when you are faced with a threat, sometimes having that energy can be really helpful and ferocious. That is something I think I do relate to. But I think there actually needs to be a lot of cultivation in the opposite direction if you might describe yourself as a kind of Dorinda figure. Restraint is essential. I'm not necessarily so strong. I just have to be. In I fact, think you're pretty strong. I'm not. So when I see Kelly out, she's always very confident, in control. And then she said, you know, I'm actually not very confident. And the opposite. I mean, I'm good in business. And maybe I just gravitate towards women who are like super strong because it gives me strength through osmosis. Maybe that's one reason why I like you. That's something I learned about you today. Kelly is opening up to Dorinda. I know how to walk through a room and say hi, and then I always leave early. She says, I might seem really strong, but I often leave very early from events because I feel shy. And Dorinda just opens her eyes and has this bright smile. She's not in glee that another person is sad and weak. In fact, she's seeing it as a connection point. I leave early because I'm like, oh, okay, like everyone else is having a good time, so I'll just go home. A hundred percent. I mean, she says, you're going to make me cry. What I'm reading from that is she's really seeing the humanity and it's a bonding moment. Well, that makes me understand you better. When Dorinda says, well, that makes me understand you better, That is really what vulnerability is about. It's showing to others a more 360 in-depth version of who we are. And that just does command respect. I'm really surprised by this conversation with Kelly. I did not expect it at all. And it's shown a vulnerability about her that kind of really humanizes her and makes me feel sort of like closer to her already. I bet sometimes people think that you being maybe aloof or unobtainable. You know what I mean? It's just my, my gross insecurity. I lost that. <laughs> and then Dorinda says, I love that you told me that. And she really does use those same words that I've been discussing. And it's shown a vulnerability, really humanizes her. I lost that. <laughs> However, two episodes later, we see Dorinda going on the offensive. 
vulnerability is about emotional exposure to an extent, right? However, this myth about vulnerability might really help. Brene Brown has done a lot of work about this aspect of vulnerability, and she talks about in her book, Daring Greatly, that actually a huge myth is that vulnerability is letting it all hang out. And that's not true. Vulnerability isn't just indiscriminately sharing. Vulnerability is about sharing our feelings and experiences with people who have earned the right to hear our story. And that is actually the thing that we don't always remember. So Harry Lerner has done some really nice writing on this. As always, as always, as always. When it comes to sharing vulnerability, it's wise to take time to test whether the other person is worthy of hearing our stories. Vulnerability is actually really about sharing our story within relationships that can bear the weight of those feelings. It's not about oversharing. It's not just indiscriminately disclosing. I really like the way that Harriet Lerner put it. In our desperate rush to become intimate, we may tell too much too soon. One thing that I can really relate to is meeting someone, feeling a spark, and in that kind of excitedness to become intimate, we tell too much too soon. Because sharing vulnerability is a way that we feel closer to others, it's easy to think that this is a good way forward. But sharing indiscriminately or prematurely can actually have the opposite effect. I don't know if you felt the same, but I can relate to having met someone and they're sharing a lot with me. They're talking about their deepest, darkest pain and their fears all at once at the first encounter. And that sometimes means you'll question their judgment and their maturity. Another thing which is really key to vulnerability is we can invite someone to be vulnerable with us, but we can't force it. It comes from closeness and trust. As Esther Perel eloquently puts it, Revealing our vulnerabilities create trust, and vulnerability also grows out of the trust. Vulnerability is a gift, not a given. Revealing vulnerability creates trust, but trust is also the condition from which vulnerability grows. So what that really means is when we are vulnerable with others, when we share with them personal information about our lives, about how we feel about things, that actually creates a sense of trust. But vulnerability only really operates when there is trust in the first place. So that means that it's this kind of delicate dance of finding whether that person is trustworthy to share your story. And in doing so, that level of trust builds even more. So really, a healthy way to connect is something that is slower over time. And that's something I've really had to learn. It's not the easiest. And there are certain relationships and people and connections which do grow faster and might be healthy and can bear the weight of that vulnerability. But generally, a slower process is going to be better. What I learned is there's a way of keeping your essence while finding a way of making it healthier. So I am someone who loves to talk, loves to share, and now I can have some restraint around that while still having intimate and deep conversations at other times. And look, it's probably not a line you're always going to get right. You might trust someone and then something happens which makes you question that trust. And because there's never certainty when it comes to vulnerability, there's going to be times where we don't do it right. And there's going to be times where it feels like we should have done it differently. Again, it's an imperfect practice 
because we're human. But learning these theories really does help. Give me the outro. Once again, that was another round of talking shit and talking psych for with me, Amraj Lali. That's at Relational Intelligence on Instagram. Make sure you subscribe to the pod on Apple or Spotify and rate a five star if you found this insightful. Oh, and share with a friend. Always remember, being a fly on the wall only shows us one angle. As my home girl in my head, Dr. Harriet Lerner reminds us, there are never just two different ways to understand or tackle any particular human problem. There are seven different ways, or maybe 19 or 100. My hope is to keep helping us expand our knowledge and develop more relational intelligence. Oh, that was a lot. <laughs>